I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Hello, Rush Nation. It's a bonus podcast for me. Um, I'm... uh, not going to be doing any podcasts next week so i thought what i'd do is treat you all to a bonus podcast as we're approaching the halfway point of the season now if you're listening to this um just pointing out really that this is before thursday night football so i don't know when you're listening to this obviously but i'm just caveating this that if something changing significantly changing happens on Thursday night football and I'm not talking about it that's why it's recorded in advance of Thursday night football so it live before Thursday night football but I thought I would still preface that anyway because sometimes you can't see when uh, shows were released um good to talk to you again I will be back in a little bit with the uh waiver wire uh, with the flagship show even but I thought what I'd do for this pod as we are approaching that sort of halfway point of the season, is to talk a little bit about strategy for the rest of the season. So if you are, it kind of depends, right? You're in three stages. You're either heading to the playoffs. You've got sort of four, five, uh, even six wins. Um, Or you've got that period where you're three or two wins, and then you've got that section of one or no wins. Depending on where you are in the season, your strategy for the rest of the season is going to be significantly different. The best piece of advice I can give you right now is to almost forget your record. So your record is your record. Can't really look past that in in a lot of ways, but it's the nuance to the record that is vitally important. And so what I like to do at this stage of the season with my teams, especially the ones that I'm really contending in or the ones I'm really trying to get to the bottom of and understand where I am fully, 
is to have a look at my team uh, and look at it by the week-by-week scoring. So I get a, a spreadsheet or a pen and paper, really doesn't matter how you choose to do it. And I'm looking at the scoring week-to-week. And the two things I'm looking for are, am I fairly consistent in my scoring? So am I scoring roughly the same amount of points every week within reason? Um, and the second thing is, if, if that's not the case, am I trending in a positive direction? So uh, how, am I scoring more points now than I did earlier in the season? And that could be due to waivers, that could be due to uh, injuries, and I've taken advantage of those with several uh, player stashes, etc., whatever it might be. So... If you are relatively consistent with your scoring and that's keeping you in contention in the league, that's a good thing. If your scoring is trending upwards from where you were at the beginning of the season, also a really good thing, probably a better thing in a lot of ways, uh, that you're reacting to what is going on in season. Uh, Both of those are the good situations you want to be in. The bad situations are if your team is very up and very down. uh, So you've got really high highs and really low lows and trying to understand why that is the way it is. Um, Or... Alternatively, if you are your points are going downwards, so from where you were week one, week two, to where you are now, you're scoring less points. Um, now, there's many reasons why uh, those scenarios happen: significant injuries to your team, you've lost players like Justin Jefferson, James Connor, um, for significant amounts of time, uh, and they've hurt you. You might have lost uh, Anthony Richardson from now on, etc. Um, so there's uh, several reasons why your team might be declining in performance. The key thing now is to try and think about the different scenarios in front of you. So if you are in a positive trending position, you might want to start thinking about the playoffs and thinking about not just how to get there, but actually how to maximize the potential when you get there uh, and having a look at advantageous schedules for the rest of the season. Inversely, same can be said the other way if you're trying to pick up wins. What I would say is if you're in that sort of two to zero win scale, you probably going to need to trade your best player. So, you're probably going to have to trade. I don't know who it is. I don't have your roster. And there's hundreds of people listening to this. Um, So ultimately I can't sit here and analyze every team and tell you who to trade, but I would probably look for the most viable piece. Um, So if you've got a Christian McCaffrey and Austin Eckler, um, an elite quarterback, for example, maybe uh, elite wide receiver, Tyreek Hill, uh, someone like that, I would probably be looking to trade that for multiple pieces that will improve my team. Ultimately, that seems like a risky strategy, but it's better if if you have got those players and you aren't winning games, that says to me that you don't have any depth to even put out a good lineup because you should be winning games with Tyreek in your lineup, with Christian McCaffrey in your lineup, etc. And if you're not, that says the rest of your lineup is in is a, is a dumpster fire effectively and you need to think about how you put that out and the way to put it out is trade your best player for multiple players so you might trade christian mccaffrey for brian robinson and mike evans or something like that sort of scenario a, a two for one but two very good players uh, for one elite player or something along those lines. Have a think about how you want to structure that and contact me at Murph underscore NFL. I'll try and help out where I can. Um, but ultimately, you have to make that move now because if you have those players and you're not winning, holding on to them is not going to do you any good. You're going to need to ship them and you're going to need to build a better, more consistent roster. And it is a gamble. 
trading your best player for two, maybe three pieces. But ultimately, the sum is greater than all parts. So if you think that Christian McCaffrey gets 20 points a week, and then you get Brian Robinson, who scores you like 12 or 13 points a week, and you get Mike Evans, who scores you 12 or 13 points a week, and then you get a third player who might get you eight points a week, you're actually going to be 10 to 12 points better off than you are keeping Christian McCaffrey. And that's kind of my point, is ultimately what you want to do is ship your best player to a team that is stacked, that has a lot of depth, and you look to pick up pieces from that team that is going to make you better across the board. That's the first thing I would suggest. The second thing I would suggest is stashing high-end strategy or high-end value pieces who can assume a large situation should something like an injury or suspension occur. And obviously we don't want these things to happen. And every time I talk about it, I always precursor that because people think I actually want these things to happen. And I genuinely don't. Don't want players injured. Don't want players suspended. I want to see the best players on the field every single week. Ultimately, though, these things happen. And we're seeing at the running back position in particular, again, for the third, fourth year in a row, we're seeing heavy attrition at that position. So when that is happening, you need to think about the wider picture. And I, I came on here less than two weeks ago, or even a week ago, I think it was. I can't even remember. Time is just wild. But I told you about players that you should stash. And ultimately, if you listened to me in those situations, you would have picked some of those players up. And some of those players are now ascended into a very important position. And I said the same at the start of the season. I said the same at the preseason. You know, I've gone, I speak this mantra. This is highly important. And there are still those high-value stashes out there, but they are depleting fast. Rico Dowdle, for me, is still the guy I really want to get on as many rosters as possible if something happens to Tony Pollard. They want to buy this week. You can add him for nothing. No one is chasing Rico Dowdle this week. So you can pick him up for free on your waivers um, and get rid of someone who you're just never going to play on your roster. And I talked about players. Go listen to last week's pod. I'll give you some players who I'd be shipping out um, for players like Rico Dowdle. I want high-end value players. I don't want roster clogs or players who are just going to give me a very low low floor, low ceiling performance um, or medium floor, low ceiling performance. I want high ceiling players, especially if I'm in both a losing position and a winning position. I want to make sure that I get the best possible replacement for players if they get injured that are going to have a high ceiling. Because when that happens in a winning position, you might not even need to play that player. But you know what? That means people can't catch up. It's, it's securing your trenches. It's making sure you you keep your advantage so that if something was to happen and, um, you know, we saw Tony Pollard go down, you might not be the Tony Pollard owner, but you have Rico Dowdle. It means that somebody can't try and catch you up by picking up Rico Dowdle and playing him against you and maybe potentially even beating you. You're shoring up those defences by stashing that player for yourself. Same way that if you're losing and you stash these players, you might have an opportunity to catch up. And you don't want to leave it till it's a waiver wire situation where someone with a worse record or with more fab ends up beating you to these players. So it's really, really, really important that you get these high end players, these players that are going to assume a large role should there be an injury. Uh, Josh Palmer is a great player right now to have if something was to happen to Keenan Allen. Josh Palmer would be the one that would assume even more volume, would assume even more of an opportunity than he is right now. Josh Reynolds, if something was to happen to Amon Ross St. Brown, would be that player. Um, 
and there's situations all across every single team that if a star player was to go out, if Mike Evans was to go out, Chris Godwin, um, but then it'd be someone like Trey Palmer would be someone that would ascend into a larger role that would have standalone value. They're the kind of situations that you want to try and exploit. It is very hard to hold these players, especially wide receivers, for a long period of time if they're not doing anything. Running backs, I think it's always slightly easier because much easier way to project them forward to a big role. So thinking about your bench, thinking about how you want to structure it, I would always ensure I had at least three running backs on my bench and I always would make sure that at least one of those was a high ceiling player if not all three, uh, would be having high outcomes, high ceiling outcomes. And the best way to do that is to just pick them up now uh, and make sure that you're not losing out to others. Um, That's kind of a big, big thing that I would be doing if I'm not winning in leagues versus, and if I am winning in leagues. If I'm in the middle, um, you might not have the luxury to that kind of strategy because it is every win is is needed. Um, whereas I think at both ends of the spectrum, your risk tolerance is different. So if you are at the like the winning end where you're five and one, six and zero, oh, maybe even four and two, but you're scoring a lot of points, you probably don't want to change too much. You probably only are searching for one of those players because your squad's probably quite deep. Same and the same way that if you're zero oh and six, you probably or one and five you probably have no depth at all so you actually have a big bench that you could probably get rid of completely and take these high flying players because ultimately that's the only way you catch up is to get the highest ceiling but when you're in that kind of two two three win and maybe a a lower scoring four and two team and you're in a real dogfight it's harder to stash a great deal of these players because you need functional players every week especially week seven with your buys This is going to be a hard week for a lot of fantasy managers to try and navigate. So ultimately, you need to compromise a little bit from what you're currently doing and look towards those high ceiling outcomes, but without costing you wins in the short term. And so what I mean by that is if you've got bench players that are going to be flex worthy, you should probably keep those players. They're going to be important to get you through this stretch of buys that we're going to have over the next few weeks, in particular this week. So you might not have as much room, uh, luxury to take a a flyer on a couple of these players, but they should still be, if you've got roster clogs on your roster and be honest with yourself, can you ever see a scenario where you're going to play X player, Y player? What would it take for that player to be in your starting lineup? And if the answer is it's going to take a heck of a lot and it's probably unlikely to happen, then I would be letting that player go and looking at getting a high ceiling player. You don't want these roster clogs that are going to make it very difficult to acquire talent that's going to have a high ceiling play. And so, you know, for me, I'm looking at Jordan Mason. I'm looking at at Zach uh, Evans. I'm looking at, um, and I mentioned Ronnie Rivers last week, but he got injured. He would have been ahead of Zach Evans. That's really what happened. Um, Rico Dowd or Chuba Hubbard. Um, you know, these are the guys who who have a higher ceiling, not players like Keyshawn Vaughn in a pretty poor Tampa run offense. Um, you know, I'm not interested in who is behind Alvin Kamara at the running back position in New Orleans. It's not of interest and not generating enough points. So that's the first thing. 
Now what we want to do is distill what that means for the rest of the season, including the fantasy playoffs. So I'm going to give you some names of players who have really good schedules and players who have really poor schedules over the next 10 fantasy weeks. Um, Because this might shape your thinking in who particularly you should be looking to target on your bench to cover bye weeks, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm going to do this position by position. I'm going to just give you a few names. And you might sort of look a bit weird at some of the names, but I'm just saying from a schedule perspective, there's advantages to be had. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Let's talk about the quarterbacks with the best schedules. And there's four guys here. One's Patrick Mahomes, so we don't really need to spend much time. He's owned everywhere. So, yeah, if you've got Patrick Mahomes, you're laughing. He's got a great schedule from here till the end of the season. The three players that could potentially be on your waiver wire, and they might not be, but they might potentially be, that they're out there that have great schedules, are actually for a fourth name in here, um, is Brock Purdy, Jimmy Garoppolo, Jared Goff, and Deshaun Watson. Those four, for me, are players that potentially are out there. Jared Goff may be less so, but the other three I'd expect to be seeing in the majority of leagues unowned especially Deshaun Watson with his current injury troubles. These are players you might want to stash for your quarterbacks that are on bye weeks coming up in the future, but ultimately they also have pretty decent schedules in and around and just before the fantasy playoffs. So if you're chasing wins, um, or again, if you've got someone like... um, My mind's just gone completely blank. Uh, I hate it when that happens. Uh, If you've got Joe Burrow, for example, Joe Burrow has a horrendous schedule. Uh, even Trevor Lawrence has a pretty horrendous schedule. Those two are probably uh, two of the worst schedules. But Joe Burrow's schedule after the bye is really bad. The, the following two weeks after the bye are horrendous. So having someone like a uh, um, Deshaun Watson, if available, um, or maybe like a Sam, you know, a Brock Purdy, Jimmy Garoppolo, maybe Sam Howe uh, is another one you throw in there who might be readily available. You know, those are the sorts of players you maybe potentially want to target if, say, a Jared Goff is not there. So it's thinking about you don't want to stash a quarterback for too long. But if you're in a situation where, say, someone like Joe Burrow, who hasn't been playing well and has a really difficult schedule, you might need a flip-flop into a secondary quarterback option. And that looks like, to me, a really good one to potentially take advantage of. Um, Let's move to running backs that have really good schedules over uh, the rest of the season. Um, the first one's Tennessee, Derek Henry, but it also means an ad for Tarjay Spears. He's getting added a lot more, so I'm not necessarily sure he's available in your leagues. But if he is, you should be picking up Tarjay Spears. He's getting more of a role, and he's a bona fide uh, high-ceiling handcuff. 
but he has standalone flex appeal at times as well. So I would definitely be looking to add Tajay Spears in more leagues uh, if he's available. Uh, Kansas City have a great uh, schedule. I actually see the bigger benefit to this other than Isaiah Pacheco. It's it's Jarek McKinnon. I think Jarek McKinnon has got to be a solid ad in most places. Um, so I think that's a really interesting one to take advantage of. Uh, Jarek McKinnon would be someone I'd be looking to add in a lot of places with the schedule really opening up um, for them. The Jets and Brees Hall, if you've got Brees Hall, that's great news. I'm not too concerned about adding players like Dalvin Cook. I think I talked about this. They're a bit more of a committee after Brees Hall, so I'm kind of ignoring that. Rashad White, if you've got Rashad White, that's amazing news. He's going to have a pretty good schedule, but again, I'm not owning anyone behind him. And then, yeah, we've got the Miles Sanders, Tuba Hubbard kind of scenario. I think uh, Miles Sanders will elevate back up ahead of Tuba Hubbard, um, given what we've seen earlier in the season. But again, you need to be owning potentially one, if not both of those players going forward. Um, it's good news if you're a Ramadri Stevenson owner, his schedule starts to really uh, open up as well. And it's not bad for David Montgomery, but it is a bit hairy in the fantasy playoffs for him. So just be a little careful of uh, David Montgomery. Um, players you've got to be a little worried about with their fantasy schedule. Uh, James Cook has a decent schedule for parts, but it does get rough and choppy at times. So just be a little careful there. Aaron Jones, it, it's good in parts, not great in other parts. James Connor, uh, when he eventually comes back, that's a difficult situation um, for the rest of the season. So just be a little bit careful uh, with him as well. Saquon Barkley is a pretty awful schedule, but he is Saquon Barkley. So you can take that with a pinch of salt. I always believe that even if they've got a tough schedule, if they're a stud, like a Kenneth Walker, who has arguably the worst schedule on the board for the rest of the season. I'm still starting Kenneth Walker in most games, given the nature of the talent slash the way they play. Same goes for Saquon Barkley. Um, and the same goes for Baltimore. It's a bit of a tough uh, offense, uh, offense there for to cap the ceilings of Edwards and Hill uh, there as well for the rest of the season. So, uh, rest of the season. so just be a little careful there. Um, I think, yeah, opportunities to be looking at. Ronnie Rivers has been dropped. If he's only out for a week, he could be a player I'd be looking to add. Um, I think for me, Roshan Johnson is elevated to the top of the charts in Chicago. He has a tough fantasy playoff schedule, but he's a player I'd be looking to add everywhere as well. He, for me, looks like the clear opportunity uh, to get the number one uh, there in um, Chicago, especially now that the others are injured. I think he elevates all the way to the top of the charts. Uh, I've been saying that for a while, so it shouldn't be a big shock uh, moving forward. Um, and then, yeah, it's players like Kenneth Gainwell, if something was to happen to DeAndre Swift, and it does happen, unfortunately, most seasons, that's a player you need to be slightly uh, ready to pivot to as well. So just checking and making sure these players are owned uh, and take advantage of those. Moving on to wide receivers and the best team uh, fantasy schedule-wise for the rest of the season, you're not going to believe this, is the New England Patriots. That doesn't mean you add Devontae Parker. It doesn't mean that you add Juju Smith-Schuster. If Kendrick Bourne's out there, maybe he's worth a speculative ad, but I'm really not getting too cute here with New England. I don't really want too much part of that offense. It's pretty poor. The team with the second best uh, schedule is... <laughs> It's the Atlanta Falcons. Again, I'm not getting too cute. I don't want Van Jefferson. I don't want Matt Collins. Um, it's straight London and whoever you've got, and you don't need to add any any more to that. Um, it's good news for Mike, Edwin, uh, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. It's good news for Nico Collins and Tank Dell. And it does mean that eventually uh, there'll be some decent games here for the Tennessee number two as well, 
We think it's still Traylon Burks. Monitor that injury. He's probably been widely dropped. He could be a really nice little stash ad um, because their uh, fantasy schedule really opens up. They've had probably the hardest fantasy schedule to date of wide receivers, which is why it's been difficult for them throwing the ball. I think it's going to get a bit better and a bit easier for them. So I think, and the only thing that would kind of stop that is if they do switch to rookie quarterback mode, and then that could be a bit uh, hairy. But Jojo Hopkins, feel free to fire him up. But Traylon Burks, um, could be a really nice sort of stash ad because he's been dropped in a lot of places. Uh, Kansas City, Rashi Rice, he's available still in the majority of leagues. You should be picking him up. He, for me, has ascended to the top of the wide receiver chart. Their schedule's pretty good going down the field, uh, down the stretch. So another one I'd be looking to uh, add in a lot of places. Talked about Josh Palmer. Uh, be looking to get in there uh, and see more of that. Uh, if something was to happen to Keenan Allen, I think it really goes through through the charts there as well. Um, teams I'm not really that bothered about adding. Uh, Jerry, Judy, and uh, the uh, the Broncos, although he's owned to most places. It looks like he's probably going to go the Colts, which doesn't really attract me as much of a uh, upgrade of play. Um, if anything, that makes me question Michael Pittman a little bit. But um, yeah, I'm not. I don't want Mims and don't want uh, you know, certainly if you've got him, you're going to have to roll him out. But other than that, I'm not interested in anyone behind DJ Moore in Chicago. Um, not interested in anyone other than Myers and Adams in in Vegas, etc. Um, so these off these wide receiver positions are pretty like set in stone. There's not really too much. Don't want any backups in Baltimore, especially as their schedule um, behind. Like they've got pits where their schedule is quite nice. And then there's bits. It's kind of like an all or nothing schedule. So it's great for Zay Flowers. It's not great for anyone else. Um, I think the fantasy schedule opens up quite nicely for Tutu Atwell. Uh, I think even though he's seen a bit of a decline, I think it's going to open up and it will work out a bit more in his favor. So there's another one there to keep an eye on. And then I'm not interested in Slayton or higher in uh, New York. Uh, I only want Wondell Robinson, and that's only if I um, it's only if he's available in uh, PPR leagues. I'm not interested in him in standard. So the worst schedule on the board is Terry McClellan. He'll be fine, but Jahar Dotson is someone that I'd be really worried about. And if you can trade him for anything right now, that would be a really good thing to do. But if not, I would be fading him. Um, tight ends, tight ends, tight end position. I'd be shooting for the moon on someone like Michael Mayer. Um, I'm not too interested on like for me, Michael Mayer probably usurps anyone who's not a top six, seven tight end right now. So, uh, I'd be looking to pick up Michael Mayer, um, in all leagues if I needed a tight end. Um, for me, the only tight ends that are over him are Ferguson, Waller, Thomas is kind of like a par, and if he's available, you can pick him up. And Thomas is scheduled for tight ends, by the way, coming in is pretty nice. So, uh, I'd keep Schultz, obviously Kelsey, Kittle, Hawkinson, uh, and then Ingram and Andrews. And that's kind of it. And Laporta, that's it. So I, I, I've listed nine or ten there. But I think everyone else would be adding Michael Mayer. If I had Dallas Goddard, for example, and it's kind of not really gone well, then that's one I would be interested in. Cole Komet, I'd replace Michael Mayer for. Hunter Henry, I'd replace Michael Mayer for. Tyler Higby, I'd replace Michael Mayer for. Luke Musgrave, I'd replace Michael Mayer for. Hayden Hurst replaced Michael Mayer for. Kyle Pitts replaced Michael Mayer for. You kind of get the picture, right? And unless they're an elite option, I am going ahead and I'm taking Michael Mayer. Even Pat Freemuth, 
uh, I'd be having Michael Mayer over at this stage. Um, right, DSTs, just last one. DSTs for a strength of schedule for the rest of the season. Um, for me, the real grab, if you can get them, is Detroit uh, or Atlanta. Um, they've got really great schedules, as do Indy uh, and Houston. Um, those four have got the four best schedules coming in. Detroit, for me, just with the playmakers, uh, followed by Atlanta are the two I'd be looking to stash and add, depending on the bye week cover. I wouldn't necessarily have a spare DST all the time, but if my bye was coming up, I'd look at who they were playing that week. But these are the names that these are the teams I'd be looking at. In particular, New Orleans also not a bad play as well. Look at when your DST's buy is, plan ahead, look to try and grab one of these maybe the week before, stash them, and you don't need to go into a bye week trying to bid and get one of these DSTs, trying to acquire them a week before if you can, if you have the space on your roster to do that and stash them for the week before. Um, if you're going to keep your DST going forward, and if not, then you wait till you bench your DST and then you just trade them out for the rest of the season. So uh, Indy, Houston, but uh, for me, Detroit and Atlanta are the two I'd look at to target. Uh, you can get in on the Rams as well. That's also another really good schedule. So uh, feel free to jump in on them. They're again playmakers. Their schedule is pretty good going forward. Uh, worst schedules going forward, the Philly defense, the Baltimore defense have got the two worst schedules. Cincy's isn't great. Dallas's isn't great either. Uh, but given the talent, I'm not saying you should swap it out. These are kind of zero-sum outcomes. But if you're looking for streaming defenses, there's some uh, options for you there. Um, that's kind of going to do it, I think. I'm going to talk um, later on in the show a lot about some trends, some progressive trends, some regressive trends on players. Um just for you to keep an eye on and to look and to monitor and to keep an eye with stock. So we're going to have a great discussion there, some things that I've caught my eye week six. And so we'll go through there as we're preparing for week seven. But this this show is kind of preparing you for week seven and beyond. So um, I hope you have found it particularly useful. I hope it has been something that you can digest and take away. And this might be a pod you might need to listen to uh, a couple of times just to take down the names and, and the points. Um, so I recommend doing that with pen and paper or, or a tablet, et cetera, and taking some notes. Um, I am available on the Twitter machine at Murph underscore NFL. Feel free to reach out. I will do my best to answer as many queries as I can. The only way I can guarantee that I pick up a query is if you join the Patreon. I dropped a really cool Patreon cast where we talked about this bit in a lot more detail. I give a lot more detail to the schedule um, to certain players, and I break down fantasy regular season to fantasy playoffs. So I do a lot more analysis and strategy um, in a slightly longer, deeper dive. It's not that long. It's about 43-ish minutes. So again, it's slightly longer than this, but I go into a lot more specific detail. Uh, you can subscribe for just a pound a month. So if you think about it, uh, from now to the end of the season, you're committing three, four quid, not even the price of a pint for the rest of season fantasy content. Uh, there are other tiers where you can get merch, et cetera, that kind of pays for itself. And then you get the content for free. So lots of options um, on the Patreon for you to join. I recommend it obviously, but I do these sorts of pods, but in more strategy, more detail. So do check that out, but I'm looking forward to tonight. Um, join me in stocks from half past seven. We'll talk about the, uh, the elimination uh, mid-season leagues that you can join. So uh, make sure you tune in for that for full details as to where you can sign up and join to those. 
but uh, appreciate the time as always, Rush Nation. And don't forget, as always, keep rushing. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.